You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by LL Flooring and Bank of America. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And welcome to your home improvement happy place. If you've got some projects that you'd like to get done and you don't know where to start, what to do first, you got yourself in a repair jam, you got something that broke and you don't know how to get it remedied, you are in exactly the right place because it is our job to help you make your house its best ever self. We want to make your house your happy place. You can help yourself first by reaching out and contacting us with those questions. You can do so by posting your question at moneypit.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the money pit. Or you can always call us at one eight 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 money pit. Coming up on today's show, do you love the colorful trees of fall? I do. This is my favorite time of year. But one thing I don't like is all the work to drag those piles of leaves to the curb. To help, we've got a better idea. We're going to have some tips on how to compost those leaves so that they can benefit next year's lawn and garden. And now that we're moving into the roughest weather season of the year, it's a good time to plan for roof repairs or a replacement that might be needed to be done to keep your home nice and dry. But what's the smartest way to go about it? Is it a repair or is it a replacement? We're going to tell you what you need to know to make that determination in today's Smart Spending Tip, presented by Bank of America. And with all the holiday meals happening right now, have you noticed that when you run your dishwasher, the dishes sometimes come out dirtier than when they went in? We're going to share some tips for keeping that dishwasher working properly. And once and for all, the often debated family question, do you need to pre-rinse your dishes before you put them in that dishwasher? Hmm... I think the debate is still out there, and I also think it depends on your dishwasher. I don't know. I know that's very sort of in the middle there, but, you know, it can be either way. All right, guys. Also, we've got a new way to get some tools in your hands for holiday decor and crafts. I mean, this is the busy season, so we want to help you out. We've launched the Holiday Home Decor Giveaway. It's presented by our friends over at Arrow Fastener, and they've hooked us up with a dozen sets of tools worth over $125 each to give away to a lucky dozen Money Pit listeners. So check it out at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. But first, we want to know what you want to know. What are you doing? What are you working on? How can we help? Give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit or post your question to moneypit.com. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Anne's doing some work in the kitchen and looking to add an undermount sink, but the counter is wood. Tell us about this project. Well, I was more looking for your opinion uh, of whether I should use a wood countertop for an undermount sink. I know they've got some pretty good um, hardwood countertops that 
may or may not be, but I'm looking for the long haul. We're mm-hmm. we're at an age where we're going to be retiring within the next few years, and I don't want to have to replace something. Well, first of all, you're talking about a wood kitchen countertop here or a bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for it's, both, actually, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're looking for a low-maintenance countertop, you should not be looking at wood. <laughs> it's going to be a huge amount of work to take care of. Uh, under under mounted sink or not, it's a lot of work. You know, you you can you're going to seal it and you're going to varnish it. And I don't know if you want to have an area for chopping, but that's a whole other set of circumstances in terms of how you treat that because the finish has to be non toxic. Uh, but it is a lot of work. So if you're looking for maintenance free, I would definitely not suggest that. Leslie, what do you think are probably the uh, the easiest to care for countertops these days? I mean, I love a natural stone countertop, but are they the easiest to take care of? Not so much. I mean, the composite stones out there, there's a couple of different brands that you can see. There's quartz, there's um, quartzite. Um, They're beautiful, they're durable, they're easy to maintain, and they come in a variety of price points as well. I think when you go with a solid surface like that, it's much better for an undermount sink as far as maintenance and durability. And then if you go with a quartzite product, there's so many different, you know, colors tones sort of textures to choose from that you'll be able to find something in your price point in a look that you like. I'm just looking to push the crumbs into the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, you can have an under countertop and that's fine. It's just that, you know, I think you called us because you want to know if that was a good installation. But then when you mentioned you're trying to look for something that's maintenance free, I'm telling you, wood is not, wood is a ton of work to take care of. It's so pretty though. It is pretty. Especially with creamy white cabinets. Yeah. Well, listen, you can have some beautiful wood cabinets, but the countertop, I would definitely not go with wood. Okay. Good luck, Ann. Thanks for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you very much. Heading over to Arkansas. John's on the line. How can we help you today? I have got a toilet that is bubbling up air through the toilet bowl. Okay. And I can't figure out why. It's been in place over uh, over a year, and mm-hmm. now I've got a bubble in there. Okay, so um, what's happening is you have a blocked vent. Now, when you put in a, when you have a plumbing system, they have those vents that come up through your roof, and they let air in so that when the water flows out of the toilet, um, it's replaced by air. At some point, there is some obstruction somewhere in your plumbing system that's causing, that's interrupting that, and forcing the vent to be blocked. Uh, it's probably something that's going to have to be snaked out by either a service provider, a drain service provider, or you if you can figure out where this blockage is. But that's why you're getting this uh, passage. And it may not just be in the toilet. It could be anywhere in the plumbing system. The sink and the tub in the same room, do they drain okay? Yeah, there's just a sink in there. It's just a powder room. Usually the way they clear those is to go up on the roof and run the drain snake down through the vent pipes until they figure out what's going on. Something could have pushed... You know, up into that vent pipe, or you could have had a you know a bird or a rodent that covered the top of one of those vent pipes. But the vent is blocked somewhere, and that's why it's struggling for air, and that's why it's sort of gulping or bubbling as you describe it. All right, so hopefully that narrowed it down, and then you can try to figure it out from there. Appreciate your help. Pam in Vermont is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? I have a oak staircase. You walk in my front door, and the slate. There's a slate walk, like, entryway. And then there's an oak staircase going upstairs. It's really pretty. But I'm scared to death kids are going to just slide right down the whole staircase and end up on the the rock. I found some spray stuff, and it, it looks like they put sand in clear paint. And I'm wondering if 
I put that on, am I going to ruin the staircase? There's a line of products called Slip Doctor, and they make products for wood, for vinyl, for stone. And with any of those products, what I would suggest you do, because you want to make sure uh, that it's going to clean well after it's on. It's not going to you know, attract attract dirt. So try it in an inconspicuous area, like maybe your neighbor's house. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> and see how it works. You know, I mean, no, try, try it like, I don't know, in a closet or even take, get a board, finish it with urethane, spray it on the board, see what it looks like and, and really test it out before you commit your staircase to it. Yeah. My concern is that, you know, how difficult would it be to clean? You know, it's like you're taking a, a shiny wood surface and now making it textured is dust and dirt going to stick in there but i mean it's a staircase so how much do you get there you know you really got to give it a test run yeah i wouldn't want it to be tacky all the time you know you you, you wouldn't be able to dust no i wouldn't want it to be tacky but i also want to make sure that they my kids are barefoot half the time too so i want to make sure they can still walk on it yeah and the other thing that you can consider doing though is you could add a carpet runner right down the middle of the stairs have it professionally installed so that the center of the step has a carpet runner on it and the sides are still exposed i mean that's that's kind of the way we did our staircase in an 1800s house and you know it, it takes that issue away it's not slippery you walk up the carpet in the middle of the stairs and you can still see the finished railing on the edge of the step the edge of the treads yeah so i think maybe that would be a good solution if the other doesn't work good luck with that project thank you so much now we've got nelson from delaware on the line who needs some help sealing a driveway tell us about the project yes i was wondering uh, whether i should get a sealer of the oil or water base? Well, I think that the latex sealers today are actually quite good. And I would recommend that you do that, especially if it's a do-it-yourself project. Not a difficult job. We have actually step-by-step instructions on how to take that on on MoneyPit.com, so you can look that up on our on our website. Now, it's getting chillier out, so you have to pay attention to the temperature. Normally, uh, you can do this when the temperature is still above around 50 degrees or 55 degrees, although I am aware that at least one manufacturer at Home Depot has a low-temperature product that I think you can apply down to about 40 degrees. So, you know, right now you can you can get that done on a, on a sunny Saturday or Sunday. It doesn't take long to dry. Uh, so I think it's entirely possible to do it right now. And what you're going to want to do is, is buy the driveway sealer. You're going to want to clean the driveway according to the instructions that they provide you. Let it dry really well. Apply the sealer. You're going to buy a, a, a squeegee, a driveway sealer squeegee, which is about as wide as a push broom, but it's got a squeegee end on it. makes it really easy to kind of trowel that out across the driveway surface and then, uh, you know, Put up some yellow tape or a couple of traffic cones and keep people off the driveway for a couple of days, and you should be good to go for the winter. Thank you very much. Tracy in Ohio is on the line with a question about storm windows. How can we help you today? Um, my condo is fairly new, but the way that my the front of my condo faces where the weather blows in, I don't know if it's east or west, but um, last year I tried the strip thing and the plastic and it and the wind blew so hard that it came loose so then i tried duct taping it and yeah it didn't work at all so i'm wondering you know we can't put storm windows on the outside because of the condo association rules but i'm wondering is there a company that makes something that goes on the inside of the window something magnetic or something that could help well you certainly can get interior storm windows it is a product that's available from many window manufacturers will you can order it probably i would go to a regular window company and order these 
but there's different types of interior storm windows that are available. The other thing that you can do that's really cheap, especially uh, if these are windows that you're not going to have to open, we don't like to recommend this for a bedroom window, but for other windows, because of course in the bedroom we may have to open it for emergency egress, uh, fire hazard, that sort of thing, is you can get uh, weather stripping caulk. It's a it's a weather stripping uh, product that's in a tube, like a caulk tube, and you essentially caulk the seams of the window shut. And the thing about the weather stripping product is in the spring, you peel it off and it doesn't damage the windows. It looks like that sort of white gooey stuff that they stick credit cards, you know, to uh, offers in the mail when you get the credit card and it's on the back of the card. It's like that rubbery stuff. It just peels right off and it doesn't damage anything. So that's something that maybe you haven't tried yet. You could give a shot. And then, of course, if you want to go with a, a, you know, maybe a more permanent solution, you could order interior storm windows and have them made. Well, I could squirt that stuff on there and then in the spring I could peel it back off. That's correct. Yep. Unlike regular caulk, this is a temporary caulk. Wonderful. That sounds wonderful. I will give that a try. Yeah, DAP makes a product called Seal N Peel, the letter N, Peel. So look it up. You might have to order it in a home center or a hardware store, but it works great. All right, I will try that. Thank you. Tracy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Well, do you love the colorful trees of fall, but uh, not so much dragging all those piles of leaves to the curb? Well, here's a better idea. You can compost those leaves so that they'll benefit next year's garden. Yeah, you know, leaves make really great compost because trees pull nutrients from deep beneath the soil. And by adding those leaves to your compost pile, that compost is going to contain nutrients that garden plants can't typically reach on their own. Now, chopped up leaves tend to stay put better than the whole leaf since there's less surface area for that wind to catch. It's also a good idea to store bags of dry leaves in a shed or maybe even another covered area until springtime. And as long as they're dry and crackly before you bag them and then stay dry and storage, they're going to be ready for mulching for your flower beds and your garden come next spring. Now, leaves are also good for insulating plants to protect them from the big temperature swings in the winter, and those leaves are also going to attract earthworms that will help break down the leaves into beneficial leaf mold and then compost to create the perfect garden soil. Nutrient-rich, loose, friable, and very well-drained. You'll have even more reason to enjoy those gorgeous autumn leaves, knowing they're going to have a second life as compost for next year's garden. We've got Dana in Massachusetts on the line who's dealing with some peeling paint. Tell us what's happening. Uh, yes. Um, on our north side, where it gets very little sunlight, 
um, we were painting it. It was painted before, but we were um, repainting it and uh, where it was chipping. And we did put down some primer first, and then we painted it. And then it starts, it keeps bubbling and chipping after we're done painting it. Wow. So even though you're, even though you put down primer, it still seems to keep separating. Is it separating from a layer deeper than the primer coat? Like sometimes with multiple coats of paint, it'll break down deeper in the surface, like one of the earlier coats of paint. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, someone said that what they thought might have happened is the first time it was painted, that the painters might have painted it. Uh, I don't even know if they put primer down. They might have put one coat, and they, they might have painted it right after a rainstorm when the wood was still wet. Well, maybe, maybe not. But the thing is, if they didn't prime it, then that's the reason it's separating. Primer is always really important because it really makes the, the color coat stick, so to speak. So if you've right. got peely paint, there's no way that you can go over that with new paint because you can't put good paint over bad paint. It's right. just going to continue to peel. So you've got to get down to uh, a surface that's below all that loose stuff. Now, if it's a big area, you can prime the whole thing. If it's small uh, areas that are sort of separated, then you can do what's called spot priming. And just to be absolutely certain, I would when you go to the home center or the paint store, I would get a a, um, a bonding primer, which is uh, very adhesive, and it really sticks to those old surfaces no matter what's there. And then once that's all set up, then you can go ahead and put another finish coat on top, and you should be good to go. So, so we'd have to completely like strip the paint, is what you're saying, and then I put am. down. Yep, I am. Unfortunately, if it's not sticking, it's not sticking. You just can't go over it. It's just going to be worse. Bonding primer, you said, and then yes. uh, paint it again. Exactly. Okay. All right. And that'll solve it. Yeah, you got it, Dana. Good luck with the project. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to Tennessee where Jean has a stucco question. What's going on? How can we help you? Well, the house was built in 1914, and the outside, the exterior walls are covered with stucco that has the kind of swirly bumps where they swirl the trowels on it. And it looks like it's in good condition. So I was thinking we could probably just spray it a nice color. It's still kind of golden like it used to be, but wherever the branches of the shrubs went against it is kind of yucky and gray looking. Mm-hmm. But I know that when we, uh, when we painted our patio slab, we had to do some treatment to it before we could paint it. Does mm-hmm. stucco need some preconditioning besides just hosing it off with soap and water? Well, the first thing you need to do is to make sure that there's no algae attached to it. And so we would probably do a very light pressure washing and cleaning of the outside of the house and let it dry for a good couple of days in warm weather. And then I would prime it uh, with an oil-based primer, and then I would use a good quality exterior top coat paint over that. You can't cut any corners here. You can't take any shortcuts. But if you do it once and you do it right, it's going to last you a long time because that siding is not organic. You may find very well that paint can last you 10 to 12 years as opposed to maybe 5 to 8 if it was wood. All right. Well, thank you. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. 
and its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, you guys, with the holidays right around the corner, what are you working on? Are you making some crafts? Are you doing some homemade projects this year? Or are you getting your house ready to entertain for your bubble of family and friends? Well, we have got a great thing to help you guys out. We've got the Arrow Fastener Holiday Home Decor Giveaway. 12 lucky winners are going to receive a set of tools from Arrow Fastener that's worth over 125 bucks to help you with your home improvement, your holiday decor, and your crafts. And it's a great prize pack, you guys. One of the best tools in this pack is the GT300. It's the professional high-temperature glue gun. It is perfect for holiday crafts, but also perfect for, you know, light upholstery projects, putting all sorts of different projects together, repairing things. You can do so much with a glue gun, and I love that you can control the temperature and you can control the flow. It is the best glue gun on the market. So enter today at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes for your chance to win. That's moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. Joyce in Missouri is on the line with a grout question. What can we do for you? Hi, I have uh, ceramic tile that I've had down for a few years, and I have the grout is a charcoal color with the black and green tile. And the charcoal has dulled over the years and looking almost chalky. What can I do? Do I have to pull all that grout out and regrout it? Do I need to paint it? Or what can I do to give it new look of life? Well, the grout is pretty easy to replace. There are special tools called grout saws that you can use to carve out the grout and then put new grout over sort of where the old grout was. You know, you don't have to get it all out, but you got to go down at least an eighth of an inch or so. And so if your real concern is the is the grout and the condition of the grout, I think that's the easiest way to deal with that. Okay, so that'd be the best way to make it look fresh and new again is just take the top layer off at least an eighth of an inch and just regrout it. Yeah, make it look fresh and new by putting in fresh and new grout. Yeah, and then make sure you seal it. Right, yeah, that's cr- that's that's key. You want to seal it first. Otherwise, it's not going to look fresh and new for so long. Seal it after I put new grout in and let it dry, then seal it, and then we're good to go. Right, exactly. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, guys, now that we're in the roughest weather season of the year, moving into winter, it's a good time to plan for roof repairs or any replacements that might be needed so we can keep your home nice and dry for the season. But what is the smart way to go? Is it a repair or a total replacement? We have that answer in today's Smart Spending Tip presented by Bank of America. 
Yeah, you know, first of all, you've got to evaluate the wear and tear. Now, roof shingles are generally cotton or glass fiber, and then that's covered with an asphalt coating. Now, as the sun heats the roof, that asphalt is going to dry out. So you've got to check your roof for signs of wear and tear. You want to be looking for anything that looks cracked or curled at the edges, or if you notice any broken shingles, those are all signs that you need to make some work to the roof. Now, if you've got a worn section and maybe it's just limited to a small area, you can think about repairing it. But if the entire roof is looking this way, you really have to start thinking about a replacement. That's right. Now, next, it's important to understand layers. If you do need to replace your roof, you can usually add one additional layer of shingles for a total of two layers. Now, if you're doing a tear-off, though, it's not such a bad idea, even if you only have one layer down, because those second roof layers do not cool well in the summer, and they're going to wear out much quicker than just having a single layer of shingles on top of that roof. Yeah, that's right. Now, if you do have a leak in your roof, you've got to check the flashing, as that could be really the only cause of the leak. Now, if the flashing is loose or even and deteriorated, it's probably responsible for most of those roof leaks. So you really have to check that out because that's not a terrible fix either. That's right. Now, lastly, if you do need a new roof, you want to make sure you improve your roof ventilation at the same time because cooler attics are going to help keep the roof cooler and the cool roofs are going to last a lot longer. Now, the best way to do that is with passive vents. These are vents that don't use any energy and they're really better than active vents like attic fans, for example. One of the best combinations is to do a continuous ridge and soffit vent system. These vents are inexpensive and they can usually be added to a house of any age. And that's today's Smart Spending Tip presented by Bank of America. Now I've got Jay on the line who's got a question about a three-season room. What's going on over there? Uh, Building a three-season room, and I want to use passive solar, you know, the sun coming in. And I want to, it's concrete foundation. And uh, I was thinking of putting like a two-inch rigid foam, you know, it's it's above ground. And then the two-inch, above the two-inch, Rigid foam is poured about two-inch layer of concrete, and then I want to use uh, red terracotta on top of that. So when the sun hits it, it absorbs the heat and absorbs the concrete, and I'm thinking of the insulation it wouldn't, you know, would keep there. Are you talking about only using two inches of concrete in the floor on top of the foam? Well, it would be on dirt floor. Yeah, but you you need more than two inches of concrete. It's not going to be self-supporting if it's just two inches. You, you know, if you get any movement, and that's going to crack. So I think you have to put the foam insulation down first um, and then woven wire mesh and then at least four inches of concrete so that it doesn't crack and so it's dimensionally stable. Now, what kind of windows do you have in this? How are you going to get the solar gain into this? Uh, well, that's my um, my second question. <laughs> what do you have for ideas? <laughs> well, the common mistake that people will use is they'll use low E windows, which we always recommend. The problem is that if you use low E, you're not going to get any heat gain at all because low emissivity inside the gas of that makes up the thermal pane windows is going to reflect the heat back out. Uh-huh. So rather than relying on, on um, you know, the entire section being heat, heated just by the sun, you know, you might just want to consider making this as insulated as possible and, and adding a minimal amount of heat supplemented by the sun because you're going to need something because, you know, it's not going to be heated by the sun all the time. Right. So I would just make a really well-insulated structure here, you know, if you can orient it to the south to take up the heat of the sun, that's great. Um, but remember, what heats that room in the wintertime is going to heat it in the summertime as well. That's great help, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on this holiday season. We're standing by 24-7, even when we're making a turkey, at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, when you run your dishwasher, are dishes coming out dirtier than when they went in? We're going to share some tips for keeping your dishwasher working properly when the Money Pit continues. Outdoor concrete projects are quick and easy with Quickcrete Fast Setting Concrete Mix in the red bag. It's great for setting fence posts, a mailbox, deck footings, or even a small slab. Quickcrete Fast Setting Concrete in the red bag makes setting posts quick and easy. There's no mixing, just pour the dry mix into the hole and soak with water. It sets hard in 20 to 40 minutes. It's that quick and that easy. You'll find Quickcrete Fast Setting Concrete Mix at home improvement stores. Look for it in the red bag. Do you have a passion for home improvement and want ideas and inspiration delivered to your inbox? Then subscribe to the Money Pit's long-running e-newsletter. It's free at moneypit.com. You'll get tips for home decor, remodeling, and repair projects delivered every Friday morning, just in time for weekend projects. Plus, you'll be the first to hear about new tool giveaways, sweepstakes, and more. Join over 70,000 happy subscribers and sign up today at moneypit.com. If your refrigerator, your washer, dryer, air conditioning system, or really any other appliance in your house breaks, do you have an extra thousand bucks lying around to get it fixed or to get a new one? Well, for about a dollar a day, there is a way to avoid these costly repair bills. The Home Service Club provides home warranty coverage that gives you protection and the peace of mind of knowing all major appliances in your home are guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. Call them today at 800-917-3867. That's 800-917-3867. They'll provide a free, no-obligation quote. Once you're covered, any major appliance in your home is guaranteed to be fixed or replaced, including all makes and models, washers, dryers, refrigerators, air conditioners, and more. Call Home Service Club now at 800-917-3867. For about a dollar a day, you can avoid thousands in home repair costs. That's 800-917-3867. 800-917-3867. You finally decided to learn how to ice skate. So you ordered the essentials every ice skater needs, a pair of blades, a new helmet, and a good set of knee pads. And you used your Bank of America Cash Rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Rewards that you put towards the cost of an essential piece of post-skating recovery, a heating pad. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding to apply now. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Carolyn from Ohio's on the line and has a noisy neighbor. I mean, her siding is being noisy. What's going on? The siding is just noisy. The second floor, you can hear it. You know, when you walk through the bedrooms, you can hear the siding. It's vinyl siding? It is. So vinyl siding is not supposed to be nailed securely to a home. It's supposed to be nailed loosely. That's why if you look at a piece of vinyl siding, it doesn't have holes in it. It has slots. And it has to be nailed loosely because the siding is designed to expand and contract when it's exposed to the sunshine, has a pretty high expansion contraction rate, as a matter of fact. I haven't really heard anyone complaining about noise from it, but I do think it would make sense that if you were in a windy area, 
perhaps you might um, hear some of that. Unfortunately, I don't have a good solution for you because you cannot tighten it up. If you do, um, you're going to start getting uh, buckled areas. And if if you uh, start driving around neighborhoods that have vinyl siding in the summer, you have you ever seen a house that's just got all the sort of wavy siding on it? That's what happened. It went on too tight and it buckled. So if it's moving, it's put on correctly. One way to check is to take a piece uh, and just put your hand on it and try to slide it back and forth. The boards actually should slide if they're installed properly. Okay. I, I, I've had people out to look at it to, to fix it, and they, they say that that's, it's it's okay. Because I always worry that it's, yeah. fly, it's going to fly off the house or something. No, don't worry about that because, like I said, it's supposed to be loose. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good luck, Carolyn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So when you run your dishwasher, are some dishes coming out dirtier than when you put them in? Well, the culprit could be a clogged drain valve, and that's an easy fix. Now, your dishwasher drain valve should only open during that draining cycle. But if it's clogged, it's also going to let water out during the wash cycle. So you've got to listen carefully when that dishwasher is in the wash cycle. And if you hear water flowing into the sink, that drain valve is definitely clogged. Now, also, you want to check the bottom of your dishwasher for a buildup of food particles. Many dishwashers have sort of a ball-style check valve that can get gummed up and prevent the dirty water from draining out of the unit. And a wet-dry vac is all you need to clean out those hard-to-reach areas and get that drain working again. You know, it's just like if you had a regular vacuum and you're picking up a pile of dirt. Well, with a wet-dry vacuum, you could pick up that wet gunk. It is super, super easy. So the bottom line is it's not hard. With a couple of steps, you can make those clogs go away. Your dishes will come out clean once again. And hey, to the question of do you need to pre-rinse dishes, does that have an impact on it? Leslie, I think your your answer was it, de- it depends on the dishwasher. And you're right on that in the sense that most new dishwashers now have something called a termidity sensor, which is a fancy way of saying it knows how dirty the dishes are. If the water's super muddy and dirty, then it runs longer to adjust the cycle to get rid of that extra gunk. So if you have a newer dishwasher, you probably don't have to pre-rinse. But if you have an older dishwasher, then you should. It's funny, I always find the kids like this broccoli dish that I make, which has nothing like cheesy or sticky in it. It's basically just broccoli with garlic and olive oil and a little bit of chicken stock. And whenever I put the Tupperware from that in the dishwasher, it never comes out clean. So I either put that through two or three times or just end up hand washing it. But it's just, it's some things with our dishwasher. So I really think it's a, you got to sort of judge it on a case by case scenario. But if they're all dirty, definitely check this out. John in Arizona needs some help venting a water heater. Tell us what you're working on. I'm going to install a tankless hot water heater, and I'm curious, a gas tankless hot water heater, curious if there's any simple way to vent it on the interior wall of the house. Well, you you obviously have to get that exhaust out. So that means you're going to probably have to go up if we're on the interior wall of the house. You can't downdraft something like that. So you need to be on a space where you can get that vent pipe up through the interior wall, up to the attic, and out through the roof. Now, depending on the efficiency, that may not have to be a metal vent pipe. It could potentially be a plastic vent pipe. But that's going to depend on the efficiency of the water heater and whether or not it's a condensing version, which basically takes as much heat out of that out of those gases, so all that's left is basically water vapor, and then that can vent out of a plastic pipe. But you do have to have it vented. The other thing that you can do is you can direct vent those, so you could go out, say, through a sidewall, 
many times I've seen those, you know, mounted on an exterior wall, and they basically turn right through the the wall and go right out. Now there are rules about how close that vent termination uh, needs to be, or more accurately, how far away that vent termination needs to be from a, from a window. Uh, but you can direct vent those as well. Right from the top, top of your head, do you know the uh, smallest diameter I could get away with on venting it? No, I don't know the specification uh, precisely, but I would guess it's around a th- it's around three inches. I've seen these come through roofs many times. It's usually around a three inch vent pipe. Right. Okay. Well, that answers my question. Thank you. All right, John. Well, good luck with that project. I think you're going to enjoy a lot of efficiencies with the Tackles water heater, in addition to the fact that you'll never run out of hot water. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You can always post your questions at facebook.com slash moneypit, just like Michael did. Now, Michael writes, hello, I listen to your show a lot, and I have a question. First of all, thanks, Michael, for that. He lives in New York and recently had an electrical inspection done for our new pool installation. The inspector approved the electrical work, but noticed that my main copper water line isn't grounded. Is this something I need to do? And what is the point of grounding a water line? You know, it's kind of like the other way around the way he's explaining this, because typically if you have a metal copper water line, you ground your main electric service to that water line because that copper pipe then goes to ground, right? It goes outside continuously and it goes to the soil. And grounding, of course, is um, important because if there's any electrical short, you want to divert that uh, current to a ground source. Uh, and you make a good ground source, by the way, but if there's a nice big metal stake in the ground, it's a much better ground source, so it's much safer uh, to do it that way. So I think you need some further clarification here, Michael, but typically when you have an electrical panel and an installation, even a sub-panel, it's got to be grounded, and one of the places that they're often grounded are to metal service entry pipes. Today, though, it's becoming less common because a lot of the service entry pipes are either plastic or PEX, a type of plastic, and, of course, that doesn't conduct electricity. So in that case, you actually install a grounding rod, which is a long metal pipe or stake, as you say, that's driven into the soil, and then the cabling is connected to that. So it's a fair point. I'm a little bit surprised that he passed the electrical inspection, even though there was an issue about grounding, especially when it comes to the pool. So I would definitely, before you use that pool next summer, make sure you get this addressed because it's very important that the electrical system be properly and completely grounded. All right. Next up, we've got a post here from John who writes, can you offer any ideas on why all of our carpets are buckling in the center? It started happening about three or four years after installation. We're thinking they didn't stretch them right in the first place. Possibly, you know, um, less expensive, less a lower quality carpet. Perhaps this is a new home construction. They stretch a lot more than uh, than better quality carpets. And if it wasn't stretched well to begin with, uh, then this also could lead to it. If you had a fair amount of uh, wear and tear, maybe you got, you know, a lot of kids running around, they're kind of like stretching the carpet just by, you know, walking around. It depends on the padding. And I don't know exactly why it happened, but I do know that you can't let it go this way because it's going to get unsafe. So to fix this, 
what I would do, and I'd probably just do this once, right? Because it may stretch more after this. I would have all the furniture taken out of the room. I would have a carpet installer come on over. They use a tool called a knee kicker that basically grabs the carpet and pulls it closer to the wall. They may pull an inch or two or three or four inches out of that carpet, and then they'll cut the trim, resecure it at the wall, and it'll be straight once again. But if it happens after that, I wouldn't do it more than once. It'd be time to think about getting some new carpet. And you know what, John? There's so many beautiful options in carpeting right now. I mean, you really can't go wrong. So if it doesn't work out, happy shopping. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thanks so much for spending this part of your fall weekend with us. We hope we've been able to help you get ready for your next home improvement project, perhaps your next family gathering. Thanksgiving is next week, and folks are going to be having their small bubble of uh, family and friends over to, to celebrate and be thankful for what we do have. We are thankful for you, and we hope that we are bringing value to you and to your family and your home. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 